Welcome to the Global Marketing Show, the podcast for all things international business. I'm your host, Wendy Pease, president of Rapport International and a translation expert. Come along with me today as we talk to an expert in the global marketing world about facing their biggest fears, hearing about mistakes they made or saw, discussing best practices, and sharing fun travel language and culture stories. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Global Marketing Show. We're going to be talking about CGI and automobiles and localization, and we've got a really interesting guest here who speaks multiple languages. But before we get into that, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by Rapport International. They connect you to anyone anywhere in the world in over 200 languages by providing high quality translation, written translation and spoken interpretation services. And today's tidbit brought to you by Rapport International is a superstition. In the United States, people will knock on wood and that's supposed to mean, let me have some good luck. You know where that comes from? It comes from the medieval times. Wood suppliers would often wrap rotten wood in the middle of the good wood pile to secretly get rid of the bad stuff. Customers would knock on the wood to see if bugs came out, thus indicating that the cord was either good or not. And if it wasn't, then the seller was dishonest. So when you knock on wood, think about looking for bugs to make sure your wood's good. On that note, let me introduce Farouk Heplevent, who is here today to talk to us about his globalization, localization efforts. He's the founder and CEO of The Scope, where they pioneer CGI technology for vehicle images. We're going to dig deep into that. His company works with Toyota, Lincoln, Tesla, Renault, Mercedes-Benz, BMW, Audi, Cadillac, Lexus, and Volkswagen, among others. He's won leadership awards like the Khan Lions. So Farouk, welcome. It's good to have you here. Hi, Wendy. Thank you very much for having me. It's awesome. Yeah. So you live in Germany. You also speak Turkish and English. Have you ever heard that saying, knock on wood? No, that was a very interesting piece of information. I love those things. I I wasn't aware it's coming from that source. I know that... You know, clicking the glasses is sort of drinks mix. So if it's poisoned, you mix it up. That's what I heard. So I'm not (laughs) sure if it's true, but... (laughs) That is another good one. I had heard that. And I can't even imagine going cheers and clicking our glasses hard enough to mix the drinks. But I had heard that was from the medieval times too. That's a good one. All right. So you do CGI. And you do automobile advertising. Explain to us what CGI is. CGI in general terms means computer-generated imagery. So this is what you probably, most of the audience knows from Hollywood movies, where they do the effects or build worlds, do all these things. This is where it originated. And the automotive industry was one of the first ones to adopt the technology because the cars are being developed in a digital environment. They do go to prototypes, but the original design, the engineering happens, a lot of it happens in, in the digital world. 
Therefore, they were the first ones to actually have digital data to create what is called a digital twin. So a digital twin essentially is you have the real world object, but you have a digital representation of it that you can use in image production, simulations, crash tests, you know, all these things. So to utilize digital twins to optimize production, save money, be more sustainable, all these things, speed up development. But what we do, essentially, we're at the end of the development cycle where uh, a new vehicle is introduced to the market. And my background is car photography. And then I moved into the CGI environment because more and more things in car photography were being produced using CGI. And, you know, I was interested in it. Wait, hang on there. Yeah. Tell me more about the, your background there. So you did car photography. I have all sorts of ideas of how it happened, but tell me what you actually did. Well, I started assisting out of school. So it's like apprenticeships, right? You work with a photographer, you learn the craft, you do that for a while. I did it for quite a long time. I did it for over nine years before I went on to do it myself. Do you work for a car manufacturer or an agency or for yourself? And then do you fly all over the world? Well, I started as an assistant, you start working for a car photographer that works with agencies for a manufacturer. So back in the 90s, you know, they were photographing on film for campaigns and catalogs and all these things. So this is how I learned how to photograph cars in a studio on location. It's a lot of travel. Yeah. So essentially, you follow the sun as a car photographer, which is great, romantic, fantastic. But with a family and your wife saying, well, I didn't really want to marry a sailor and you didn't tell me kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> You're gone six months out of the year, right? In a way, if you're working car photographer. Okay, so you really are getting on the plane and yeah. you've got to photograph the car in location. That is still being done, obviously. So essentially, let's say BMW has a new vehicle out, right? So it's a prototype. It's secret. Mm -hmm. They don't want the world to see it before they launch it themselves. So they package it up, put it on a plane, send it to, let's say, Los Angeles. Los Angeles, California is one of the main production spots. So you have California, South Africa, Southern Spain, all somewhat similar. And why do you have that? Because you have production infrastructure, you have good weather. Well, that's that's about it, right? So you have those two elements. And, and good views, good backgrounds. <laughs> exactly, good locations. <laughs> So you transport everything there, you fly the crew out there, do all that stuff. And again, in a car lounge situation, I'm pretty sure they still do it. They send people to protect the car from being photographed, right? These are professional security people. I mean, professional meaning they have former special forces. You know, it's crazy. And all they do is to protect the car from being photographed. They're highly trade individuals, well-paid, very nice people. But this was the way, or is still the way that cars under what they call a red code or code red, you know, secret cars are being handled on location. So this again, limits your range of motion. So how well can you manage that shooting in downtown Los Angeles? Not so well, right? right. Yeah. That leads to a solution, especially in Los Angeles, 
the big film studios have what they call the backlog. So they have outdoor studios where they've recreated certain sets. They use that for TV shows, you know, Seinfeld, when they walk down the street, they shoot it there. Or they used to shoot it there, obviously, not shooting anymore. So it limits your choices. You have the same situation when you're on the road. The road, you can manage a bit better because you can block it off with traffic offices. But it's a big production. It's expensive. It's complex. And it's risky. You know, somebody might come and take a picture of the gun, which you don't want. So essentially, a solution for that, for the safety reason of a production like that, is to say, well, if CGI matches the visual fidelity and quality why don't we produce the launch images and films in cgi because first of all security is covered you don't have weather risk with our specialization on location creation you have more location options and you have access to them all the time right so right so i can conceptualize you know there's this new prototype out there and they've gone through all the produ- production i did a internship at solidworks where i could see people designing things on the yeah. computer okay so now it's not built are you taking like the production people's images or are you creating a new one or how are you making sure that you capture exactly what the new car is going to look like Well, the digital twin is a three-dimensional representation of the car. And by now, it's very, very detailed. So there's a technical step where you get it from the construction data into a polygon model. That's what it's called. So this software that we are using that most of the CGI studios are using can digest and turn into a photorealistic image. Wow. So if anybody has time or a chance to look at our website, everything on our website is completely computer generated. Go ahead. What's your website? Why don't you say it now? We'll repeat it Uh, at the end. It's www.thescope, written together, T-H-E-S-C-O-P-E dot studio. You can find us on LinkedIn and Instagram, but on the website, you can get a good idea of what is possible. There, by the time you... CGI an image of a car, then it is exactly as if you took a photograph of the actual thing that came out of production. Usually better. You know, we spent years and years finessing the photorealism in the technology. And this is something, let's say seven, eight years ago, it was very, very heavy lifting. By now it's easier, but still not easy, but it's achievable has a lot to do with creative choices that you make and you know the perception of what is a good quality interestingly they're more to the angle or to the localization culture uh, angle of things let's say european client is more interested in it being very authentic that's that's the big word these days in the market so it's not supposed to look artificial because everybody's afraid that cgi is going to look artificial because it is artificial in nature and we have ways we could essentially go in and put scratches on the paint but oh, in the right. end nobody really wants that right not in a new car so exactly. right so we're less clean on the locations, not saying putting trash everywhere, but you know, you, you make everything more aged, more tangible, more 
authentic. Asian clients are interested in more pristine things because, mm. you know, interestingly enough, I was I was in China over summer visiting clients and meeting partners. And it is understandable because the reality in China, you have this very, very high-end, let's say, shopping centers. But the moment you leave the high-end areas of the big cities, you know, it's not so pristine. So it is nice to see something clean and nice and not smoggy, right? When you're in Beijing, Beijing is smoggy. I mean, the air is not very good. So you want to see clean air, clean nature and all these things. European clients might want to see more cobblestone, more rugged, more accessible, more Instagram type of things, right? So that's how cultures and Local tastes change. The American clients are authentic, but not to the degree that the Europeans are. Ah, so they ask for the authentic, but then, a little fantasy. Exactly. Yeah. And it could be a little bit more ideal than maybe what a uh, European client would want to see. And oh, I that's think interesting. So more idealism for the United States, which goes along with the culture yeah, just different. Describe exactly, like you said, different ideals, right? And I think this is culture, this is language, this is local customs, so to speak, right? Right, uh, right. How people interact with each other, what they consider to be believable, or what they're open to looking at and allowing as information into their eyes. In our cases, mostly, right? Yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, so even though you're creating an image of a car or taking a newfangled picture, how it looks to different people around the world, those subtleties people can pick up on. And those subtleties, even within European markets, I mean, it's Europe, the French market and the British market and the German market, you would assume they're fairly similar, but they're not, or the Italian market, right? So because culturally, and probably based in the language, they express things differently. They have different points of focus, so to speak, of what they value as a culture. Very simply, very stereotypical maybe, but a French person is going to spend more time and effort and money on food than a normal German person. But the Italian would also spend da, 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 all these things, but in general maybe spent even more on fashion things, you know? So there is these cultural interactions that are relevant to judge if an image or representation of a car in our cases is accurate or, you know, fits the bill. So when you're creating an image, you have not only the cultural, but then you also have the type of car. So if you have a BMW versus a Toyota and the cultural effect, how does that change how you create the car or the background you put it in? If we are focusing on certain markets, then obviously we can be more precise with what we produce, but it translates mostly and on, on a high level, it translates into the colors and the general location selection. So of course, there is some deserts in Europe, in Spain, there are some, but a desert is not a very European landscape. And if you want to show a medium to normal car for consumers within Europe, you will not put it into a desert, for example. 
And we will try to create a landscape that is recognizable through Europe, right? So no desert, no Nordic forests, but a more middle European forest situation with some city, city references. So would you have a car driving by the Eiffel Tower and use that in other countries in Europe or just uh, in France? If the French clients say, this car is so French, we want to communicate the Frenchness of the car. If that is part of mm. the, the marketing approach, then yes. But usually they, they don't do that within the projects that we do. When it goes into public relations and there is more, more of that happening. Essentially, what we mostly do is we are looking at, let's say, the United States, Europe, Asia, Asia being mostly China these days, as the big cultural centers that we want to address with the output. And something that is very memorable, you know, there was this red wedding in Game of Thrones. I don't know if you followed that show. No, I didn't. No. I'm embarrassed. But you might it. have heard you might have heard <laughs> the red wedding, right? So the interesting thing is Chinese traditionally get married in red. Right. right. And their funeral dress is white. It's white. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of opportunity to miscommunicate in that market, along with the right. colors, right? It's starting with the colors. And you have several levels of these things. Obviously, you need local partners to help you understand the fine details of cultural visual language, in that case, to express what you're trying to express. Yeah, those are... Excellent points. And it's fascinating to me that the whole process has changed. So you're no, no longer hopping on a plane to go out to location to film, but you still have to go virtually to the locations to do it. So what do you think that's done to the costs of marketing for car manufacturers? Well, the think, cost you know, of time, or has it, it not changed? It, it has changed the timelines for production are getting shorter, like everywhere, I think. Yeah. And going through a classic production pipeline that is linear, meaning somebody needs to go out and say, this is the location, want to produce it, get permits, you know, send pictures. I mean, obviously, these days, digitally fine, but you send it to the client. You have to have a meeting with agency and client. Everybody approves the location because a lot of people are going to travel to that location, block off a road and take pictures of the car that is, let's say, secret. So the logistics of getting on location is already quite expensive. Plus, you have the weather risk. Even if California has so many sunny days a year, you might just hit the wrong day. Um, vegetation changes, all these things are happening. So you don't have the amount of control you would want to have and compared to that. And then on top, you have the sustainability. Right? Yeah, It has always been an important thing, but it's more important than ever. Putting five, six people on planes and cars, driving to a place, flying a car around. I mean, you're going to create a carbon footprint. I'm not saying we're carbon footprint free, but 
everything we have, our servers, our machines are running on renewable energy. All our peeps have uh, public transport tickets. I walk to the office, which is a luxury. So we try to keep that as low as we can manage. As far as timing is concerned, even in a very fast turnaround, let's say you will need a week to fly the car, lock everything down. By that time, we're already in in picture, as we said, we start producing images because we have a library of locations that we can start working on, which we developed over the last eight years. Right. So in a week, you could have the car in a bunch of different locations created, and you could have the digital twin create the car, put it in the different locations and be done. Well, or at least show something to the decision makers and they could say, yes, I like this. No, I don't like it because, you know, it starts with the location. You have the digital twin, you have the location, then you have the car angle, you have the light on the car. Usually people create mood boards and say, oh, it's going to look like this, look like that. We can show a render in a low resolution, but the decision maker can say, I like it. I don't like it. Show me something else. So we have very useful feedback very early in the process. And it helps the decision makers that usually are uh, a bit different than, let's say, normal production. Because in a launch situation, they get the C-level at the table. So people who are usually not involved in marketing, I mean, obviously, they know what the company is marketing, but they're not involved in production. When it comes to launch, you usually have the head of design, some very big person in the agency, uh, head of marketing, and the CEO involved, right? So these are all very important people with very little time. This is what we learned. They're not like looking at mood boards. They're not trying to imagine what you're trying to explain, saying, oh, this is the light, and this is the car, and this is the color. And he's like, well, you know, it's like self-service. What, what's going on? We had this conversation with the client. He said, don't tell me, show me, you know? I'm like, ah, okay, we need to show uh, it. <laughs> right, so you give the image before you go out and shoot. And then once you've shot, you've got to use those images unless they're really a big problem. With CGI, the process can keep going. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> And it's a blessing and a curse, right? Yeah. But it is a blessing when you're in a launch situation because the launch date is set, right? It's yeah. T 10. It's the clock is ticking and it's not going to change. They're not going to push the event. They're not going to say, oh, we have a bit more time. Let's keep working on it. It has to happen, right? Right. So oh, interesting. So you end up with a scurry of, work the three days before launch date if they're not happy with the picture exactly so you need to show it to them as soon as possible as good as possible and once you manage that they're like okay this feels good I keep going this way and now we can just iterate oh you know upraise the quality right but they have something where they can point at and say i like this this is fine Instead uh -huh. of somebody says that, the other person says, and you try to interpret it, lost in translation happens a lot. But an image is this one is good, right? right. So they send you back the image and said, CEO, like this. Let's yeah. move on here. Or can we have this higher, lower, whatever? But you know, it's, it's a very clear feedback.
Yeah. So uh, the other thing that's interesting to me too, when you're talking about building a library, if you want to, you could globalize the launch with your pictures from California, Spain, three places you talked about going before, yeah. but with CGI, you could have a Boston launch and a New Orleans launch and a Paris and a Lyon launch because you can change those pictures a lot more easily. You could, and the market is developing in that direction. It's a very good thought. It happens at the later stage in the customer journey. So you have the launch, so it's all about the car, right? It's a portrait, the first portrait of the car that goes out into the world. And location is important in a, in a cultural pocket, right? So you want a different image for China, Europe, and United States usually but not more granular than that. But once you're in the market, especially in the United States, you want to be able to localize because more and more dealerships are pushing for that because they're like, come on guys, this is Florida. We grew, what, 150% over the last 20 years. So population is bigger, they have a bigger market share. And they're like, why does everything that we get look like California? Can we not have some palm trees, some water going on here? <laughs> it's like, I don't want to see the Sierra Nevada again. No, I don't have yeah. it. Right? <laughs> so, And they can sell more cars if they have the local image. Exactly. And what happens right now is big, big dealerships and in the United States, they're very big companies. So they go out and produce their own content, which again, for the central brand might not be so ideal because they try to control brand image and all these things. But yeah, like you said, you could have an angle and a light that works great. And it's, oh, let's do that in a Boston kind of area. You know, England, let's do California, let's do Minnesota, let's do Florida, Texas. A lot of different environments that are relevant. And then it goes down to, you probably don't want to have a black car in Florida because there's a lot of sun and it gets hot. Like in Southern Europe, there's more white cars in Southern Spain. But in Hamburg, where I am, Northern Europe, you don't see white cars because we don't have the heat problem. <laughs> right, right. Oh. That's I had never thought about that. I'm headed to Florida in a few weeks. I'll have to check out yeah. the color of yeah. cars. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm pretty confident there's a lot of white cars because it just yeah. makes sense. Yeah, um, it absolutely makes sense. I've always noticed the different brands and yeah. what's popular in different areas. And that can vary a lot across the United States and then across the world. It varies a lot. Yeah, absolutely. But it's uh, with CGI, there is a possibility to say, oh, let's start localizing location. And then the manufacturers could go in and produce images with a white car for Florida. And I'm just making this up. Yeah, yeah. Good. So we're running out of time here. I have to get to the final questions. But before we go there, do you work in any other industries or just cars for now? We explore different industries, but... With my car photography heritage, we came back to cars because it's the market we know. We looked at beauty, cosmetics, jewelry, and all these industries are using CGI a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. A lot of fashion is being created virtually these days. So that is happening, but it became very specialized. 
Yeah. Okay. And so that's why you've picked cars. That makes a lot of sense. That's why they always say those, they, the marketing experts uh, pick your niche and specialize uh, in that. If you know any car manufacturers or people in the industry or creative agencies that work with cars, certainly reach out to Farouk. So before we get to reaching out, I have to yeah. ask, what's yeah. your favorite foreign word? Foreign in which language? That is up to you because <laughs> since you speak three languages, <laughs> foreign can de be defined in any way you want. So if you want to say it in your native language, that's foreign to someone else. It could be English, it could be Turkish, it could be German. It's interesting because German is such interesting words that are hard to translate. But I like, uh, there's a word called gemütlich. In, in German, which is cozy and so much more. Cozy doesn't really, it, it, it expresses more, more life, more interaction, has a certain, works in the wintertime. It's, it's similar to, I think the Swedes have something they call Hige. Yes, very, that's what I was yeah, just going to say. It's the, the German Hige, but it's very, very, very different, difficult to describe. It's a feeling more than uh, a word. Okay. So how do you say it again? Gemütlich. Gemütlich. Okay. That's a good one. That's a new one for me. So All I right. always enjoy that. <laughs> All right. And Farouk, you mentioned your website before, but can you tell that to us again? And how can people reach you? The website is www.thescope.studio as a URL ending. You can find us on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, Instagram. We also have a presence, but I'm happy on LinkedIn. That's the easiest place to reach me if you want to. Okay. And so Farouk is spelled <laughs> F-A-R-U-K. Yep. And then Heplevent is H-E-P-L-E-V-E-N-T. So Farouk Heplevent on LinkedIn. So this has been fascinating to me because I know images are so important in global marketing. You can't just put one up and expect it to do well, particularly for a consumer market across the world. And so here we're talking to you, Farouk, who's an expert on that because you're doing it with cars. So thank you for sharing all this good information. Welcome. Thank you for having me on your show. Appreciate it. Yes. Yeah. All right. So thank you, friends, for listening in to this episode of the Global Marketing Show. If you liked it, forward it on to somebody who does global marketing. And this is a good explanation of why images have to vary in some new technology about uh, how people can go about doing that. If you know somebody who can talk about a specialty area in global marketing, have them apply to be a guest. You can just go to the global marketing show. Just search for that on your favorite search engine. You'll come to our website and you'll see a big button that says apply to be a guest. We're always looking for interesting people like Farouk to come on. So thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next time. That's a wrap for this session. A big thanks to you for listening to the global marketing show. Hope you had just as much fun as I did. New sessions launch weekly on all places you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and of course on our website. If you know someone interested in this topic, please tell them about us. Au revoir for now. <laughs>